the Konza Show on cliffcentral.com. Now we can talk. Yup. Now we can talk. You see, it was just, uh, it was, <laughs> Rory's not even plugged in yet. We had to wait for that sting. Because I never know when that thing's going to end. Uh, our producer, you know, just Duncan just puts D-W. it in. D-W. Duncan puts it all over. Hello, Salmonanoke. Welcome to the show. My name is Andrew Levy. I'm Rory Sang Shabalala. Rory. Shengu. <laughs> Shengu, in. Shengu, I don't worry. That's another conversation. Uh, is that your name? Don- Oh wow! Mm. Do you have one? Guy. Do you have his tagazem? I wish. I wish. I still <laughs> got to go back to Kwazulu for a few more times before that happens. I got to. I got to earn that. I got to yeah, earn I got that. Something you don't have. Uh, <laughs> 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 right. So last week we spoke about is the DA racist, and the national uh, spokesperson for the DA uh, came on and and was horrible. Let's be honest. She was horrible. Um, not. Because she's a horrible person, just her answers weren't up to standard. You can check out the podcast. Just go to cliffcentral.com. So, uh, we need to actually just think about that. Was she horrible or was she just telling the truth and the truth was just an ugly thing for us to see? No, I think what could she, what could she have done? Was she supposed to dress up the fact that the DA is, is not looking as, as, as peaches as we might have hoped? I think. What was horrible I, about I that? I think. What was horrible about it was the DA is supposed to be the official opposition one, uh, a professional organization too, and really came out looking like tiddlywinkers. Well, she wasn't horrible then. It's a, she, she had a very difficult job. I mean, how to, many people must ask? Trying to dress up, trying to dress up a pig. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's very difficult to, it's very difficult to, to, to try and dress up a pig and, and make it look like, uh, uh, a, a runway model, you know. So the thing is, how many people in South Africa? How many people in South Africa must ask that question on a daily about how, as a black person, how does the DA relate to me? And they gave the worst answer in the world, you know. Yeah. So look, the two things from my side. The, the, the first one is that if you are DA and you're doing um, a SWOT analysis sort of strategy or your annual strategy session. When you do your SWOT analysis, I am sure that some way, like the, when you discuss weaknesses, the first weakness, every, the, f- the first thing everybody's going to say is everybody thinks we're a racist party. Mm. And that is not true. Maybe that's, you know, we need to f- fix this. Right? So, number one, you would hope that they would have a strategy in place. They, they didn't sound like they had any responses or any, or any views on it. Uh, the second thing is that, they just weren't ready to com- to speak about it, so mm. they didn't. They didn't, they didn't know what engage. to say. They di- they didn't know what to say. They were all over the place, which is disappointing. This is the one issue that is your Achilles tendon and Achilles heel. Sorry, and you are just unable to engage on it. It's just it's it's crazy. I think that show got us to this show, which is um, it caused a lot of anger, specifically amongst our, our black listenership, um, about why the DA is is playing the game they're playing. And it got us thinking, I suppose, raw about about black anger just in general in South Africa. Yeah, it's 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 it really is. Um, it's an interesting conversation, and and I wonder whether well, and and we're going to look at it from a number of different angles. The most important, the, the most interesting thing about this show is how difficult how difficult it has been. Am I back, Andrew? You done? <laughs> I've silenced you. <laughs> The, the interesting thing about this show is how difficult it's been to put together. No one wants to speak to us. 
No one wants to speak about black anger. Let's start the show here just to give you a taste of where we're going. Uh, we obviously encourage all your thoughts uh, on our different social media platforms. Hit us up on WeChat at CliffCentral.com or on Twitter at Rory Shabalala or at Yebo underscore Levy. We want to hear from you about your black anger. If you're a white person, you have no black anger, so don't even comment. Please, just be quiet. It's fine. Are you see now? That's not <laughs> even that it. Uh, that, 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 exactly, <laughs> yeah. That's what black anger is. Uh, that's black anger is really uh, stuffing with these things as well. Okay, here, let's try this again. Let's see if this works. This time. Die as a black person. Let's see if okay, we get so, this right. So look, time. look while you while you're trying to figure this out. While I I'm playing with this, yeah, yeah, I think I think there are a number of things that we need to look at as far as black anger. The first one is this idea of black, right? So. Sometimes when you speak about black anger, it's as if black people went away and had a little bosbarad and decided these are the five points we're going to be angry about. One of them being Gareth Cliff, by the way. So <laughs> part of part of the reason, part of the reason, and I need to say this, Gareth, part of the reason we could not have a show on black anger with guests is everybody hates Gareth. Like the people who, who are angry. They think Cliff Central's a racist can you imagine? Radio station. Yeah, that was like. Fair enough. So I was like, yeah, we need to tell. <laughs> so we need to. He's standing outside, looking, pointing at us, telling us this is our last day on Club Central. Uh, so, the issue is number one: black. The idea of black, and and what we mean by that, you know, it, it, it's an abstraction of individual experiences clumped up into one, and and we call it black. So we need mm-hmm. to unpack what that is. We need to unpack this framing around. Anger. Why are we framing it as anger? You know, what else could it be? Is it is it anger? Number one, and because it almost gives us an out. You know, when a person is angry, you just mm-hmm. say, "Ah, they're acting up," mm-hmm. and you don't want to engage with it. So, so by by framing it as anger, um, you know, why why do we do that? Is that for our own comfort? The other thing is the validity of this conversation. Should we be having this conversation? Is this conversation worth having? Um, you know, a lot of the people that didn't want to come onto the show, like, why? Why? For who? Why must I speak about black black anger as a black person? For who? For white people? So that they do what? I don't care. They don't care. So w- what's the point? Why Why must I have a conversation on black anger? Uh, I'm not going to put my anger on parade for white people. I'd rather speak to other black people about it. And then we can figure out what we're going to do about it. But why must I have this conversation um, about Black anger on a white platform, uh, so to speak. So it's that. There's also the significance of anger and what that anger means. You know, what what is the meaning of this anger? Um, Had a very interesting conversation just yesterday with somebody who was saying, you know, we need to go past looking at it as just an emotional thing. There's actually an intellectual thing. Mm. And we need to understand... uh, the generational the generational effect of 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 this anger and so all of those things i'm just looking forward to unpacking uh in the show i'm looking forward to hearing your opinion on this as well because i know you have an opinion and uh we will be unpacking that as well a lot of guests along the way we want to hear your thoughts as well all right let's see if this uh, the gremlins are finished and let's see if this works there is a lot of anger in our society I feel like it's wrong to be blessed. I personally have nothing more to say to white people because you're not going to give me the keys to your gate. Why did God make me black? That caused racism. They must go. Fuck off, white people. Fuck off. We're sick and tired of you, man. These children remind us that white people have never quite known what to do with black people's feelings. Black pain is not an academic thing. But if you're just a normal person, 
don't even want to talk to you. They just take you like you are a dog. Which results from years of apartheid, dehumanization. I'm not interested in having white friends. In Gauteng's older townships, a survey shows us that 77% of black people say that they will never be able to trust whites. And almost half of whites polled feel the same way about blacks. Basically, it goes as deep as having to die as a black person. So people say that there's something wrong. This country is moving closer and closer to the brink of race war simply because white people do not want to take seriously black people's pain. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. Okay, there we go. You see, there we go. It started. Did you hear all of that? So I was uh, pulling the audio together uh, for all of this. And um, it's... I suppose there was, there was such a dichotomy in, in my mind going on at the moment, like this divergence, uh, two parts. The one was desperately trying to understand the anger that was going on, um, because there's a lot of it. It is loud. It is definitely, uh, at times deafening. Um, but at the same time, there was, there was a part of me that was, I suppose, trying to figure out how I play a part in this as well, uh, as a white person. So those are the questions that I have when when listening to those kind of uh, that kind of audio. Um, and before we went to before we went to the clip, you said uh, as a white person you don't have uh, black anger and therefore you must just keep quiet. Uh, I think it, it is worth having a conversation around the role of white people, or at least how white people interact with uh, this black anger, um, because. It is very easy, I think, to dismiss it as a, as a white person. Mm-hmm. It, it is very easy to, and it's, it's, it's much easier, in fact, to dismiss it and to walk away from it and to pretend, either to pretend it's not there or to say, look, I'm not going to engage with this, you know? Um, but there's also, you know, as we were having this conversation before the show where we were saying, you know, white people tend to struggle with how we engage with whiteness versus them. So any discussion on whiteness is seen as an attack. On you as a white person, mm. as an individual. And I think we need to get to a stage where white people are able to look at whiteness, what it represents, and to be able to see themselves as part of it, but also to be able to look at it almost critically outside of and say, look, this is whiteness. We need to deal with it. And that's the struggle. And that's how then you find white people then disengaging. And by the way, that is then what leads partly to, to the anger. So, so yeah, I think that's good. And I think there's a show in that in itself, but let's just talk quickly about your anger, Rory. Um, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your, your personal views on this, this, this uh, black anger. What are you angry about as a black person? Who told you that I'm angry? I'm not uh, angry. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You see this denialism. This no, is exactly no. why the show is difficult to no, get no, together. No. Right? Yeah, let's, so let's talk about what black is. I, I think it's, you know, this thing called black anger. What is it? There's, there's, no in, there's no entity in this world called black anger. Okay. Uh, there's anger and there are black people. And we have put them together and we have put them together as though they have some universal meaning and and i think in a way that is wrong um there are black people 
And when we speak about black people, we're speaking about millions and millions and millions of people, each with their own individual unique experiences. And as I said, we did not go away and decide that these are the five things that um, that we want to to be angry about. It's what is happening is individual experiences are coming together, lining up and realizing, "Geesh, okay, I have the same experience. I have the same experience as you. And it's all coming to a head to realize we all have the same experiences. And so it builds this thing that black people having similar experiences in the same environment. And, and, and it all comes together and we have then what's called black anger. Right, but we need to understand that it's it's an abstraction. It is not, it is not a universal thing that there's this thing when we speak for black people. I mean, none of us, myself, um, Mbe, who's who's in studio with us, can say we're speaking for black people. That is a big thing. Each one of us has our own unique and individual experiences, and those are what then leads us to getting angry. Now, the other interesting question is why we frame it as anger. Mm. And most of the time we frame it as anger because it's easier for us to deal with. You know, when a kid is acting up and is angry, it's very, ah, you know, you're just being angry and we're just going to ignore you or we're going to just, you know, calm down is the response to anger, you know, and, and we're not. And, and that allows us to disengage from it as opposed to dealing with it. So we need to ask ourselves critically, why are we framing this thing as anger? What am I angry at? I, I don't know if I am particularly angry. I I've never looked. I've never looked inside and said I am angry. I, I don't think angry is the. Do I get frustrated? Of course I get frustrated. Um, but as 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 I was preparing for the show, it it was also quite interesting. I think for me to to read. So so somebody was speaking about how when we wake up from when we wake up from our dreams. All that is left around us is us. So what we what we come to see at the end of our dreams is us. And the point is that what is happening now and what we see as maybe this black anger um, is actually, I think, an awakening by this generation from the slumber of 1994. Where 1994 we were put to the sleep, ah, reconciliation, everything is going to be okay. Uh, and we were all put to sleep, you know. Oh, d- don't worry, everything is taken care of. Nelson Mandela has come and has, uh, has has atoned all sin and so on. But this generation, as with all generations, comes to a point of reckoning for itself. And in doing that, it is awakening from a slumber and is coming to realize: oh, the main the main characters in the dream are Nelson Mandela and F. W. de Klerk and Francois Pina. And, and, and there's a story of reconciliation and peace. Those are the main characters in the dream. I wake up, the main characters in this, in this reality is me and the white people that are around me. And the story of, in the dream is very different to the story in my reality. Mm. I am awakening to the slumber and I do not like what I'm seeing. And so what we then characterize as anger is this awakening. And if we think this is going to end now, every generation is going to go through it. They're going to awaken from the dreams of what they've been told in the history books and told to believe. And at some stage, each generation comes to a point of saying, Enough about what they have said. How does this fit in with my reality? And and I had a very interesting conversation with Sisonke Msimang, uh, who who said, you know, and this generation has to be allowed to ask critically about the constitution, ask about all of these things, 
for themselves as opposed to being told by older generations no this is how it is every generation this is our this is our life so anger we, we need to also look at it as it is not simply about oh no we're angry at uh what the white people did back then it's not about what what i get frustrated not about what white people did then it's we're angry at our peers we're angry at you andrew because we wake up from the slumber of this dream we wake up and we realize sheesh andrew we used to play together on the playground you know we were together and now you have grown up and you have become your parent mm. the same thing that we thought you would never become we wake up from the slumber and we realize sheesh you have actually become your parent and not only have you become your parent andrew but you are petulant in that So you refuse to engage with these issues. You refuse to confront them. The way you confront them is with this attitude of of, of holier than thou, of not willing to learn. We've got a comment here from Darren from PE who says that sound clip sounded more like black hate and racism than anything else. We are hardly, <laughs> we've hardly gotten into the conversation. So so you're getting into this conversation with already this thing. Ah, oh, no, it's not that. It's not anger. It's not it. It's hatred. It's racism. No. what 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 underlies what you're translating as racism and hatred and why is it so 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 it, it's very sisonke msimang also says it's very lazy for us to 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 simply one right off white people so she was, she's a big believer that we need to be having these conversations others don't but she's a big believer and unfortunately she couldn't be here but she's a big believer that we should be having these conversations because she says it's lazy to simply write white people off but it's also lazy for white people to simply say ah hatred racism mm. white people have become so proficient at raising the race card these days when we confront whiteness and 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 the negative aspects of whiteness uh the first thing that white people do is is bring out the race card the, the, the we used to be criticized of bringing up the race card the race card is now in the hands firmly in the hands of white people as a way of trying to 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 not engage with the issues and that's what I I'd encourage all of our listeners to do is just engage with this issue and stop playing this ah oh, I heard ra- hatred and so on you need to ask yourself why and the reason we need to ask ourselves why is I spoke to another person about the show and he said for better for better or worse we're stuck with each other black and white in South Africa mm. we're stuck with each other so somehow we're going to have to figure this thing out right we 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 can't the there there is no scenario where we 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 drive the white people into the sea there's no scenario where black people are going to disappear from here so for better or worse we're stuck with each other we need to do something about this thing to move to move to move forward together but we're not going to do that as long as these prevailing attitudes continue and what's going to happen is you know on on the clip you've got levemashile saying we are on the we're on the verge of of full on race war and you think that's far fetched but what makes you think that you know in a moment you know how the the arab spring started mm. and so on where one person set himself alight and that whole thing started what makes you think that in a moment something wouldn't spark off and just in the streets of sant and black people started attacking white people you, we outnumber you significantly <laughs> what where are you going to run and what do you think is going to protect you 
I mean, these are all questions that, that, that need to be asked. And uh, if you've just joined the show, we are talking about black anger. What is black anger? What is your black anger? Lots of tweets coming through uh, on on uh, using the hashtag and and speaking to us at Rory Shabalala or at Yebo underscore Levy. Um, Siboniso says, I wasn't born angry, but I want to understand what's causing it. I'm black and mad as hell. Um, very interesting comment here, Rory, and I want to get your thoughts on this as well. Lebo Kheng says, one thing that pisses me off is white liberals. They, they, they're an interesting bunch, and I suppose I have to classify myself in a white liberal space. But it's often, uh, we often come up short, don't we, in, in the, in the white liberal space, because we're very quick to, to, uh, talk about those, those white racists who have racist tendencies, but don't look at ourselves and our attitude and how the subconscious racism comes into play. Um, it's the things we say, the things we do, the way in which we say them and the way in which we do them um, actually has racist uh, undertones, I suppose. Yeah, Thoughts on that? And it's not even, you know, it's not a new thing. Uh, uh, Steve Biko uh, recognized this and, and spoke out against it. The white tea Martin, parties. Martin, Martin Luther King uh, recognized it and spoke about it. And he said, in fact, um, I am convinced that the the biggest stumbling block for 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 black for 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 the progress of black people uh you know so so maybe let me read it out so it says uh first i must confess that over the past few years i have been gravely disappointed with the white moderate what we'd call the white liberal i have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the negro's greatest stumbling block in this in his stride towards freedom is not the white citizen counselor or the ku klux klaner but the white moderate or liberal who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice, mm. who constantly says, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct action, who paternalistically believes he can set the timetable for another man's freedom, who lives by a mythical concept of time and who constantly advises the Negro to wait for a, co- a more convenient season. Shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from people of ill will. Mm. And that's, that's, that, that captures, I think, for me, this thing of, of, of white, white liberals or what we say are, are white liberals is this thing that they behave as if they know. But it, it tends to come in as also self-interest, you know, coming in, oh, we feel you, but okay, you guys mustn't behave like that. We don't like that, okay? <laughs> because I'm threatened. I'm a white person and now, but so I'm going to try and dictate to black people how they must engage with it out of self, out of self-interest. Am I there? Yeah. So out of self-interest. So the thing that probably irritates or, or, or how I understand what, what Ule Bukheng is saying is probably, that we're just sick and tired of uh, uh, white people who 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 don't want to engage with us. Number one, you do not know how not to be racist. Right? Who taught you? Mm. Right? You you were born. Your parents were, were lived through a racist system in which white was superior to black. You were born and raised by such people. You do not have a context of that. So why don't you just come in and sit down and listen? For a change Don't try and dictate Don't try and set a timetable To our freedom Don't try and be telling us This is the way it should be done And so on How do you know? On what basis? And we need to And that, that touches on the significance Of black anger Because 
it's very seldom in which where and Sisonke Msimang said this in our conversation that we need to look at black we need to look at black anger and look at how it has helped to shape history. If it was not for black anger, we might still have had slavery. Mm. You know, if it was not for black anger erupting in June 16, 1976, things might not have progressed as fast as they did. Uh, if it was not for black anger, the images we see in Syria right now, right? the point of reference comes back to the experiences of black people to say how have, how have how have we dealt with this around black people the significance of black anger is that we have to realize that things just don't happen out of the goodness of people's hearts people who are in privilege don't just let go of privilege and they don't listen as we clearly see right so we say we're speaking about black anger what's the first thing ah hatred racism <laughs> not not wait let me listen yeah Right. So, so again, you know, Martin Luther King in his let, letter from a Birmingham jail says, we know through painful experience that freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. Um, and, 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 and he was being asked about his confrontational, uh, you know, let's call it angry approach to things. And he said, well, you may well ask, why direct action? Why sit-ins, marches, and so forth? Isn't negotiation a better path? Mm. Which is what t- tends to say, oh, why are you guys angry? Why, why can't we just sit down and talk about these things? And he says, you're quite right in calling for negotiation. Indeed, this is the very purpose of direct action. Non- non-violent direct action seeks to create such a crisis and foster such a tension that a community which has constantly refused to negotiate is forced to confront the issue. What you see as... The eruption of black anger is the result of white people and not just so we need to also be careful about framing this as 100% about white people. But the result of white people, people in authority, people in power refusing to engage Mm. when we try and, and speak in civil terms and so on. Refusing to engage, right? So, so what you see then is this bubbling over that, that creates, that is, that is meant to create such a crisis and foster such a tension that a community of people with power, people, white people, and so on, which has constantly refused to negotiate, is forced to confront the issue. It seeks so to dramatize the issue that it can no longer be ignored. My citing the creation of tension as part of the work of the nonviolent resistor may sound rather shocking, but I must confess that I am not afraid of the word tension. I have earnestly opposed violent tension, but there is a type of constructive nonviolent tension which is necessary for growth. Just as Socrates felt that it was necessary to create a tension in the mind so that individuals could rise from the bondage of myths and half-truths to the unfettered realm of creative analysis and objective appraisal, so must we seek the need for nonviolent uh, gadflies to create the kind of tension in society that will help men rise from the dark depths of prejudice and racism to the majestic heights of understanding and brotherhood. We need this tension. We need these conversations because otherwise we don't move forward. If we do not move past this laziness of labeling anger as racism and digging our heads in the sand and saying, I wasn't there. Of course you weren't there. I'm not angry at the people that were. I'm angry at you. Because you refuse to number one acknowledge what I'm feeling, and number two, you refuse to engage. You, you refuse to engage, and yet you say you're part of this united South Africa. United for who? Mm. See, those are the types of things that I think we, we 
at least I get angry at. <laughs> Good. I'm glad we've admitted that you're angry. That's important, you know. Lots of comments coming through on uh, Twitter and WeChat. Uh, Jose says, I'm angry because most whites refuse to acknowledge white privilege. Uh, apartheid was the worst kind of genocide. I'm angry that we're told to forget about it, but we never forget about the Holocaust. How? How does that work? Yeah. So, so I think this is a, actually a great, a great point to bring in our guests, Mbe. Um, because, because he, he, he definitely, uh, expressed that anger. Uh, but before, before we speak to Mbe, uh, well done. Well done. It's been a comedy of errors on the technical side here. We've, uh, we've actually got someone online at the moment. Uh, so let, let's bring them into, to the conversation as well. Uh, he's been waiting patiently, Rory. That's why I'm saying. Sorry, and I Bear's been waiting that. as well. I can I really, see. I can I'm see Bear's waiting. And Bear's waiting with bated breath to come in here. Uh, but we have got a, a, a gentleman by the name of Tabiso African Mohare. He is, uh, he is part of Word and Sound. Uh, Tabiso, good morning to you. Can you hear me? Hey, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you guys. Tabiso, thank you so much for joining us uh, here on Cliff Central. We're speaking about black anger. Uh, give us your thoughts. What is your black anger? <laughs> I, I think like um, the, the, my list is so long. I, I just need to summarize. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one, the one that really, really, really just grinds me. Um, older generation white people who think they can pass their apartheid privilege onto their kids. And I had, I had a massive fight with the two gentlemen, you know, former Rhodes and uh, Michael House alumni, um, about that. They're like, yeah, but you're being unrealistic, you know, we can't just burn everything. And I'm like, no, but the problem is that universities are not transforming because you guys are trying to pass on the very same privilege you had during apartheid onto, onto your kids. And it's not going to happen. We are raising super strong, super black kids who, you know, who are going to eat your kids for breakfast. You know, it's a, it's a black world. It's no longer a white world. You know, so I think for me that's 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 the one thing that there's this mentality that, you know, um if because there's the money from 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 apartheid, uh, that privilege and those systems can just be passed on, um and and uh, you know and then black kids pretty much will, will stay in their place and that's not going to happen. That's why universities are burning. In this, is it is it just about white people? Is this anger? Is this anger the result of just white people, or is it uh, is it, is there more? Are we angry perhaps at um, at the ANC? Are we angry at our forebearers? Are we angry at Nelson Mandela, uh, which which tends to come out as you know he was a sellout? Who is the anger specifically just about white people? I think you know it's it, it, it. Anger towards black people, political leaders, the black business elite, that is secondary. Those are the scapegoats. You know, those are the people who are also just getting the scraps off the table. I think the real anger is the fact that there has not been any systematic change. In 21 years, there has been very, very little systematic change. The cosmetics look good. The street names have been changed and whatnot. You know, we can sit in restaurants with white people now. But the reality is that white money still runs the country. White people are not willing to budge. And there is very little the agency can do, even with the best policies in the world, until there is an entire shift in infrastructure, in the land, in the economy. There's nothing. And that's what makes uh, um, black people angry. In terms of whether Mandela sold us out or Zuma can speak English, that's not that's not really a problem. So, those are just people who are just you know those are secondary. The problem is that we can have the best president in the world, we can have the most articulate president, we can have the best policies, the best constitutions. But at the end of the day, if white people are still owning eighty percent of this country and they're still passing on the privilege to their kids, there's nothing 
any black government will do. And I think that's where the real problem is. Everything else for me is just secondary. But are we are we not uh, are we not um, abdicating responsibility here as 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 a black government, so to speak, in the sense that we can? We've you know what's what's holding us back? What what's holding black? What's holding back this black government from from implementing its policies? So it's not simply that they said policy; they have the powers to implement them. Why are they not doing it? It's, it's, for me, it's um, it's not their job, really. They're tired. Um, these are people who've gone through war. These are damaged men and women. Um, these are people who've got, even within themselves, personal scores to settle and so forth. But so but, but us, they but they raised their hands and said, "Elect us." So yes, so yes, it's yes. not as if it's not as if they were put there and they're tired and they don't know. They raised their hands. Yes. They said, "Elect us." Why are they not doing what they asked us to elect them for? At the end of the day, these people walk into a system that they con- that they don't control themselves. So, I mean, we as a South African people also, we have a responsibility that if we felt that um, our leaders are not good enough or we had a different vision, we can get up and go to parliament and go camp outside parliament until we, we remove out that entire, that entire government. You know what I mean? But that's my point exactly, that we could literally shut down the ANC government tomorrow, replace it with the Judas Malema government. But as long as white people still own money, white people still own land, and they're not willing to even step up and meet us halfway then nothing's going to change. You know what I mean? And that's the attitude that I'm coming across. White people are not willing to budge. There are a few liberals, and liberals for me are the most dangerous people in the world because they get to sit on the fence. You know, they get to act black and then go back to the white privilege. You know, so I'm not even dealing with those. But I think if there's going to be any systematic change, literally white people need to start doing the work of change. White people need to start understanding that where they are sitting from, wherever you are, you are sitting from a position of privilege that has been put together for the last hundred years. And that of a different playing field. We need to level the playing field. Otherwise, we could have Obama as a president of this country, and there is nothing he can do. Money runs the country, not policy. Let's, let's get Mbeh into this conversation. Uh, Mbeh, uh, if you remember, was is famous, most famous. Uh, he, he's done a lot of things, very interesting things in his life, but uh, he's come to fame because at the Ruth First uh, That lecture. cause racism, they must go that that that's Mbe. <laughs> my hero. That, that's my hero. Oh, that, that's that's a hero. So you specifically mentioned he's also the EFF coordinator on on the Vis campus, if I'm not mistaken. And you mentioned that even if a Julius Malema government comes in, nothing is going to change. Mbe, is it Mbe or Mbe? Mbe. Mbe. Yeah. So nothing will change, and are we still then going to be angry? Who are we going to be angry at then? Um, perhaps things won't change significantly, but I think it's, I think it's very important that we, we do have organizations that try and sort of bring substantial change to, to, to black people. But structurally, of course, I do not think that political parties will, will change anything. And I don't want to speak about anger as this, as this totalizing thing that sort of defines, uh, the experience of black people. I think that, uh, black anger, is a result of, of 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 black pain, black pain, which is the collective experience of black people, and black pain is the pain that I choose to use because it's 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 sort of the only term that can that can uh, relate to a person who's in case at N in a farm and a person who is in in the middle class. Whereas anger is something that sort of comes in episodes. I don't think that I want to be characterized as a person who is all always already angry and in that route first it was just 
a episode of when of when I was angry, but the pain is always already there. So the the, the term that I prefer using is is black pain and black pain and black anger is a result of black pain in the mm. same way that um the girls on Twitter see that they are not appreciated and they think that the white woman is 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 the standard and they decide to come up with something called black girl magic, which is also a result of, of black pain, like how Ikotane Kasi see that they are poor, they don't have money and they decide to come up with this display of opulence to sort of try put their black pain out there and how you have the Gampu dance coming into 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 action because they are doing toy and they decide to come up with Stance that is going to try and articulate their pain. Um, so yeah. I think black black pain, black anger yeah. is just a, a a result of black pain. Which so is so there. so so help me uh, help us just un- unpack this. How old are you? I'm 23. You're 23. Are you born free? So-called born free. What year were you born? Um, I was born in 92, so I was almost part of the people who are ca- uh, characterized as born free. Yeah. So, so a person might be looking and saying, "Yeah, but you did not even experience the first part of it." What is your response to that? To say, "What pain are you talking about? You were born uh, in the era of Mandela, Nelson Mandela. What what pain exactly are you speaking about?" Yeah. So, so that's that's very interesting, and I usually and I usually and I usually dismiss people who say that because I think they are lazy thinkers. Um, um, I, I think there's something that I call, uh, uh South Africa, well, I, I, I call South Africa a post-apartheid, apartheid society, which is to say that the structures that made it possible for black people to be oppressed still exist. And I mean, from slavery and colonialism in the context of South Africa and, uh, uh what these people call post-apartheid, um, I, I think, I think there's no difference. I think, uh, the structures have been able to remain the same through their meta- metamorphosis. Um, so I mean, the same thing that was happening under apartheid is still happening now, if not worse. Uh, pe- black people still find themselves in, 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 in deep problems that they are unable to solve. And I mean, the fact that we go to the same swimming pools as white people, but then when we go back to the townships, we, 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 we are faced by, by that poverty um and white people go back to their to their to their puji to their puji apartments and sent in and i think it's not enough to say that there are black people who have been assimilated into into the system who are able to drive the nice cars and have the nice houses because we know that uh, it's 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 dead they are they're in debt and those people are used as a buffer to sort of silence why uh, black people and give them an illusion that something is something is is changing and those people existed even under a the likes of Kacha, the likes of Matanzima. So I'm not really interested in the middle class because I know it's used to lull black people and to uh, give them the illusion that something has changed when nothing has changed. So South Africa is a post-apartheid apartheid society and it does not matter that I did not live before 1994 because it's the same thing that was happening in 1976 in when they were fighting for Africans is happening in Stellenbosch. They are fighting for Africans. So what's this post-apartheid Mbe, um, this happened. That caused racism, they must go. Fuck off, white people, fuck off. We're sick and tired of you, man. These- so that, that was a very different Mbe that we have in studio right now. That was a very angry Mbe that just erupted in that moment. What was the, what was the trigger for you? Why did you erupt like that, like that? incredible amount of of pain as you call it that turned into anger 
as I said, it comes in episodes. I'm I'm not always angry. I, I and I want to debunk the fact that black people are always angry because this is how white people look at us and think that we are mad. We are able to articulate certain positions and we are able to back up some of the things that and uh, that we say. But at that point, when the Ruth first was happening, there was a guy who stood up and he spoke uh, a, a lot of shit, and I, I I did not appreciate it. And 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 what, and, what did he say? Um, so he was speaking about how, how long do we want to remain uh, or be seen as vic- uh, victims? Uh, so obviously it was just impulsive. I just went and took, and took the mic. And of course, there's no political language to sort of articulate what I was feeling at that point. And I, I remember I tweeted immediately afterwards that there's no vocabulary to sort of articulate black suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, it transcends what we understand as language because we can't put it to, to one thing. And if I were, I were to be asked right now to explain what is the problem of black people, I will not be able to say because there are all these things. And I, I mean, for for white women, they can easily say that when they have uh, dealt with the gender gender dynamics and the gender and the gender relations, they'll be fine. For Jews, when they fight anti-Semitism, they'll be they'll be fine. But for black people, even if you give us all the money in the world, it does not mean that we'll be free because so much was taken for for uh, from us, and we can't put it into into one thing. We can't say it's anti-Semitism. We can't say that it is it is patriarchy. So, so, so it transcends political language or language that is sensible and it's not, it's, it's, it's incapable of being articulated, uh, 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 intellectually at that point in which it happens. So maybe the easiest thing for me to do or the most uh, automatic response was to just cry. And that was my way of crying because sure. there's no words that I could have used at that point to, to explain what I was feeling inside. So those were tears. In the context, in the in the in the, in, 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 in the context of of, of words, yeah. But you you are part of the EFF, uh, a proud card carrying member, uh, a leader within the EFF. Mm. Do you? Tabisa was talking about the fact that it's not government. Government is just a sideshow here. It, it's actually this this white money, white wealth. Do you believe that as well? That most of the problems caused are not because of the government, but because of the fact that white people haven't changed their attitude and have all the wealth? Or is there a part of you that believes that the government is itself to blame because they haven't done enough for the majority of this country? No, the, the government obviously has to pl- take blame. Uh, they can't be exonerated and they can't just go away with impunity. I mean, they they are the ones who are directly stopping us from uh, getting our land back. They are directly st- uh, the guys who are stopping us from changing the conditions of black people. So I don't think that in any day we, we can say that the ANC is not to blame. The ANC is to blame because before we get to the massa, we must deal with the house uh, Negro first. And I mean, we won't get to the to the massa if the uh, we are afraid of dealing with the with the house with the house nigger who's protecting the master. And I think that the ANC has uh, deliberately taken uh, steps to ensure that we do not get our land back, to ensure that people are killed in Marikana, to ensure that Andrzejewski uh, 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 dies and no one is found guilty of it. And if we were to say that the ANC must be exonerated from that, then I don't think that we are being honest to ourselves. So we slept the ANC, but we know that the main enemy is uh, the Fantander there in that farm um, in Cape Town, who has all the land and plays golf uh, there when people stay like sardines in, in Alexandra. Tabiso, are you still there? 
So you're a poet, and uh, Mbe is also a, a poet, and uh, I think a difficulty with a conversation like this is 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 how do you? It moves you on a personal level because you're living the experience. How do you how do you how do you convey your experience so that it stirs the next person? So so white people are looking from the outside in and maybe are interested in engaging with it but they don't know how to what is the best way for black people to so so Mbe uh, expressed one way of doing it, right? He went up on stage and he said what he said. What what is the best way of 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 communicating this in a way that will stir up more people because I imagine there is no reason why this has to be black anger. These are human issues, so all of us as a human race should be concerned about the people living in Alexandra like 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 sardines. Mm. We, we need to be concerned about uh, the, the, the privilege and unmerited privilege because it's just an injustice. Uh, and we need to all be standing up. It need not necessarily be regarded as black <laughs> anger. It should be all of us getting angry. And maybe you might disagree. So then the question is, how do we then convey that so that Andrew... Might say, you know what? I'm also now. I'm also angry, and I want to, and I want to do something about it. Um, so I get to interact with a lot of university students um, and high school students. And what we do through poetry is, first of all, start building black self-esteem. We are saying things to these kids that they've never heard any other black person say before. So we are giving them permission to be black, to be proud, um, to also establish their own agenda and to speak uh, uh, truth back to power, whether it's the dean whether it's the high school master and so forth. And we've seen a lot of that transformation happen literally as the kids are sitting there watching you speak the truth. But it's us getting on stage and, and being unapologetic about what is going on in the country, cursing both the president and the white man and putting out our experiences. What then tends to happen is that the white people sit there and they think that they can relate. They think that they can own black pain. They think that they can, oh, I'm also concerned about poverty. You know what I mean? But there's a difference between being concerned about poverty and living in poverty. And, 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 and for me, that's where the breakdown happens. Because they're like, oh, but I feel shut out because I'm also concerned about poverty. But because I'm not black, it feels like I can't own poverty. No. The work that needs to happen, white people need to go back to white communities and start speaking to each other. They need to start teaching each other to unlearn um, superiority and all of these complexes that have been put into place. No black man can do that for them. We are doing the work. We are going into black communities, black high schools, and black universities, speaking to black kids and teaching them and telling them alternative things. So we are doing our work. We are going through our own pain. We, we've got fractal families, we've got uncles, we've got broken homes. We are dealing and trying to understand all of that. But on the other side of the spectrum, white people are trying to speak about black issues, whereas they should speak about white issues. They should go back to white people and say, why are we still here? Why is it that in 2015 there is not a single white person who lives in Soweto? Why is it in 2015 there are still white kids who will never experience three taxi rank in their life because of the privilege that's, that's there? You know, those are the conversations they need to have. They mustn't come and, and try to speak to us this whole inclusiveness thing in South Africa means that inclusiveness means that black people must uh, watch how they speak to white people. Otherwise, white people get angry. And that's why my brother ended up getting pissed off in that lecture and telling white people to fuck off. You know what I mean? Because now I must, I must be subtle. Now I must be respectful. No, this is not a time for us to speak. I'm speaking to my people. We are going through our own issues. You guys need to go speak to your own people and start doing the work in your own communities. Then we'll meet um, halfway. For me, what this is not is that the work is not being done in the white community and they expect black people to then meet them halfway. We've already done that. We have reconciled. We have not burned shit down. We have not done anything. We are actually doing the work. What this is New York is that white people are then sitting back and saying, oh, 
white is the normal, let's help black people catch up to the white normal, and white is not the normal. Black people have got a collective struggle. This individual thing of, because he's got a parents, he's got a, a townhouse, all black people can do that is bullshit, and that's, that's not working. So we are speaking truth to black kids, and black kids are starting to see, because we are articulating the world that's around them. And they don't understand some of the world. They don't understand why is it that in high school, me and Yanni were best friends, but when we get to university, suddenly Yanni's got a car, he's got a flag, his education is paid for, and I'm still traveling from the township every day. You know what I mean? Now they're starting to see, to see all of that. I'd, I'd be... Uh I'm apprehensive to allow this to be framed as though black people are just jealous of the material possessions of white people, no, right? It, no, it no, no, it's not that. It's not that. You know, I, for example, let me make something. Um, um, the, 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 the buffer zone with the politicians and the black economic elite, right? No matter how much money those people have, they will always be poor because their poverty is generational, it's spiritual, it's not a monetary thing. Black pain goes deeper than that. For us, it is not about the, the monetary thing. It is about the dignity that needs to be restored to people. And part of that dignity are then the physical thing, whether it's infrastructure, whether it's attitude, whether it's not um, apologizing for being who you are. You see, you see what I mean? So it's not, it's not materialistic things. It's just that the materialistic things are the ones that are in front of us, that are being thrown in front of us every day. The fact that Fenton is still a street away from Alexander, those are the physical manifestations of the things that are bubbling under the belly and haven't changed. So let, let's talk, uh, you, you spoke about just white people and how they should be interacting with this, and you're saying that, you know, stay away, deal with your, your own thing. And, we, you know, we've got, we've got uh, Cindy Mando, who's a regular uh, uh, listener, on WeChat, sending us loads of messages, you know, surely there's a way to live together. Why do whites have to fuck off? Zimbabwe has not done too well with that mentality. There has to be a way to live together, love one another, and prosper as a nation. This is a very, this is all very hurtful for everyone involved. She says, okay, it's surely one thing if this white someone inherits all this land from his forefathers who stole it from the tribes, but to simply throw a blanket over all land owned by whites is surely a mistake. What about the person who has worked his ass off uh, his whole life to buy and maintain that land. How is simply taking it away from him just so? Obviously, these are things. I mean, I'm reading it and I'm boiling. Uh, so these are things, obviously, that uh, that, that make black people angry. And and to you, Tabiso, and to Mbe, you know, the fear of the impossible yet true tends to stun us into silence. Are white people simply just struggling with this, discovering that the impossible but true, or, or that the impossible is true? They have become their parents. Uh, they might have looked at what their parents' generation did and say that was wrong and so on. And then they they grow they grow older and re- look in the mirror and wake up and realize, who I am my parent. And so then they are stunned into silence. Do do you think that's the issue with white people? Um, I, I I I suspect that it is in the same that in the same way that we are conditioned um, to see ourselves as inferior. I think white people also go through the same conditioning to see themselves as as superior and Steve Biko makes this case that in as much as that as black people have to learn that they also deserve better and they are not inferior white people must also learn that they are they are they are not they are not superior um and i mean of course the old analogy of you uh, you 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 steal a car and then you sell it to someone the person who is in possession of stolen goods is also a criminal so I don't think that it is fair for young white people or young fantonders to claim that uh, they did not do anything but because they are in possession of stolen goods and we demand and we demand our land. And I think it would be, and, and, and that's not much to demand because 
if we were to be fair, we'd also demand reparations because they've benefited unduly from 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 our land. And then as much as, as you want to emphasize that is not really about material, I want to agree with you and say that the most important thing is land because land does not only give us bread. And this is Fanon who says this. Land does not only give us bread, but it also gives us our, our dignity back. So I think the starting point should be that black people must get their land back. I think this is what Sobuko was fighting for a a very long time ago and in the question of white of white liberals i totally agree with the brother they must go discuss in their own community and if they are genuine about participating then they must transfer all the money that they have in their trust into the into into black people they must give away all their cars and give them to black people and they must all move into Alexandra and then maybe we'll be persuaded that they really want to participate but the kind of good white that is created is very parasitic on black suffering and this is a point that I want to reiterate that a white that is good is uh, uh, and white benevolence is basically dependent on black pain because you can't imagine a root first is Joe Slovo if there are no black people who, who are suffering uh, Tabiso, we have to wrap up. Uh, yes, sir. What What would be your 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 final thoughts on this? T- I think this is a series, Andrew. We we can't we cannot yeah. have this and long I, conversation. I, and Tabiso needs I to be in studio, not in Durban. Uh, what are you I doing in Durban, dude? The country needs you right here. I, I'm running into a workshop right now at a high school in Durban, actually. So you've just stolen 15 precious minutes from these. <laughs> well, um, well reversed. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I closed it with look. The, um, their, their, their book, their great book says that the children will pay for the sins of their fathers and the cows have come home to roost. So the sooner white kids wake up and realize that they are their parents, then the sooner we can start doing some constructive work. But I really, really need to run, gentlemen. Thank you for your Thank time. you so much, Tabiso. Thank you so much. And thanks right. to thanks to all the listeners who've been listening intently, sending messages on WeChat. Uh, Clement Tao saying, Cindy lives in Ireland. Why is she commenting? Um, thank you to Sbeko who says blacks are crying always, but uh, about anything. What about, what do they really want from the whites? Listen to the show that we did called What Do Black People Want? Uh, download the podcast. I'm sure you can find out what black people want from there. Andrew Levy, tell me. This is the, the quietest I've been ever on a radio show. Yeah, Do you no, see? You, you've really been quiet. <laughs> um, what, what are your thoughts, my friend? Digesting, I think this is a series. There's so many comments to be made and, and Twitter has gone ballistic. So obviously there are a lot of people that want to get their voices heard. I think that's a, there's, there's a lot of pain. Um, like, um, Bear was speaking about, about this idea of not being seen, not being seen as a human, not being seen as a South African, not being seen as a black person in a black country in South Africa. It's, very difficult. What's that stat you told me that uh, white people are polled and how many said they don't see apartheid as a as a as a crime against humanity? I think it was seventy four percent don't see seventy four percent of white people who were polled. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure that we say that as mm-hmm. well. Uh, don't see uh, apartheid as a crime against humanity. Is that because they don't see us as humans? I mean, I can't speak on their behalf. I definitely see it as a crime against humanity, but that's just me. You know, that's my white liberal space. You know. So, so where does this put you as as you classifying yourself as a white liberal? Where does this put you? Do you think? I hate the term white liberal, and I really don't like to uh, to be seen as that. But I think, unfortunately, that's what I am. Um, conversations that we need to have amongst ourselves as white people is very important. Firstly, to own as a white liberal, to own whiteness. 
uh, to own the fact that we do have privileges, that we were born into privilege, and know that that was just a mistake. The way we were born, you could have been born in Alex or in, in Parkwood. Uh, it was just a complete luck and fluke. And to own that and be like, right, let's make it happen. Let's make some changes in South Africa. Uh, let's do a lot more listening. But I think there also needs to be a space where we need to be able to be critical of things that aren't going right in this country and have a shared voice and vision for this country. So, for example, education is really important. And we need to be able to talk about that as South Africans. Good. Well, after all of that, we have to run out of studio. Uh, Duncan, the producer, is kicking us us. out. We're running over time. But thanks for listening. Uh, And go out there and change the world, everybody. Check out the podcast, cliffcentral.com. Konza Show. Check it out. In our society. I feel like it's wrong to be blessed. I personally have nothing more to say to white people because you're not going to give me the keys to your gate. Why did God make me black? That caused racism. They must go. Fuck off, white people. Fuck off. We're sick and tired of you, man. These children remind us that white people have never quite known what to do with black people's feelings. Black pain is not an academic thing. But if you're just a normal person, they don't even want to talk to you. They just take you like you're a dog. Which results from years of apartheid, dehumanization. I'm not interested in having white friends. In Gauteng's older townships, a survey shows us that 77% of black people say that they will never be able to trust whites. And almost half of whites polled feel the same way about blacks. Basically, it goes as deep as having to die as a black person. This is CliffCentral.com.